Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God has brought me somewhere. You can live in that encouragement of why, God? Because guess what? Tomorrow there's going to be somebody that's going to walk in and you're going to be right up their alley. You're going to connect with their story. You're going to be right in their midst and you're going to be able to say, they're going to say, I don't know why this is going on. You can say, you know what? Let me encourage you a little bit because I've made it through. You're going to have a moment where you're going to look back and say, ah, it's that light bulb. Now I understand why I went through that. Now I understand why God made me this way. Now I understand why I had to struggle a little bit. But um, I, I, feel like, I feel like God has, has a word today. And it's, I'm going to kind of be doing a little teach-preach on kind of a hard subject. Um, I've entitled this message, Why? Questions of why do bad things happen and good things not happen? Why? Um, and I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 9. We're going to be reading kind of a little, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit of a lengthy portion of scripture, but I promise we'll go fast. You can stand for the reading of the word. Mark chapter 9, verse 14, it says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? This is Jesus speaking. And one of the multitude said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. To help you understand, when he says a dumb spirit, think of it almost as this young man is, um, he has a spirit, but has made him almost uh, disabled, basically disabled. And whosoever he taketh him, he, tear, uh, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and he pinneth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they, they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered them, saying, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since that this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. So imagine this man, this, this, this young man, he's... The spirit has taken over him and he, he gnashes and foams at the mouth and he, he's basically uncontrollable. And this, is, this, this father has dealt with this since this boy was a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believe. And straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I wonder if we could just go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Jesus, I ask God that you would just have your way in this place to, this morning. God, let your word rightly divide truth, Lord Jesus. And God, I ask that you would just speak to some things, Lord, that we don't, need, we don't even know need to be spoken to. Speak to the deep things of our hearts, Lord Jesus. God, let this word manifest itself in a mighty way. Jesus, I pray that you would take me out of the equation, God. Let your spirit fall, Lord Jesus. Let this not be anything but just purely you. 
Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. A question of why. So as most of you know, I've grown up with a disability. I walked, I walked up here without my crutches, but if I park in handicap parking, I have to go back with my crutches. <laughs> but I've grown up with a disability, and I, I work in a hospital now. Um, I do registration at a front desk, and so my favorite question that I have to ask every day is, are you currently employed? Um, and if they say no, I have to ask, are you retired or are you disabled? And it gets really awkward when they say, well, I should be disabled. And I turn around and look at my crutches and go, yeah, me too. <laughs> but sometimes I get people that are way, way, way worse off than I am. Um, I work in a liver transplant clinic, so I see a lot of patients that are basically almost on their last legs and then they get a transplant and they're like brand new. But I had an, an encounter a couple weeks ago where I had a woman come in and she was, she said, you know, I was, in the, I was in the emergency room. My doctor said, if I didn't come into the emergency room, then I was gonna die. I passed out. Um, I was unconscious for a day. And she's saying all these things. And she's saying, I just, I don't even understand life anymore. And that really, really pricked my heart because with, with me growing up with a disability, basically what this woman is saying is, why are bad things happening? Ultimately, that is, the, that is the root of her question. Why are bad things happening? And, and for me, I've, I've been in those situations. I remember, I remember when little, little things where when my brothers tried out for a Little League baseball team, it was a tryout team, and in fact, it was a team that they, they, if they had enough kids, you were on the team, and they told me, Brandon, you're going to have to try out. And I thought, Why? And I mean, I, I understand why I'm on, I'm, I'm on crutches. There's some limitations to that. But I remember thinking as, as a 13-year-old, as a why? God, why, why, why me? Why do I have to be the one on crutches? Why do I have to be the one going through surgeries? Why do I have to do this and why do I have to do that? Why, why can't I be six foot tall like Denton? And why can't, why can't I have the hair like Denton? I mean, Denton got the good genes if you don't know. He's the only one that's not losing his hairline. <laughs> but we ask questions of why? And it may not be a disability for you. It may be, God, why, why, did, I, why did I have to file bankruptcy? Or, or why did my spouse die? Or why, why did that family member hurt, hurt us? And why did that church family member hurt us? And see, we, we start to ask questions and and. It's like, and God, why do bad things happen to good people? We've, we've heard it all the time. God, if, and we'll have people say, if there's a God, then why did, why did this happen? If God is so good, then why do bad things happen to me? And it's a question that everybody has always asked. Everybody always asks that question at some point in their life because it's a wrestling that we have with the spiritual and the flesh. Yes. See, when we read Mark, we read of a, of a man who, he brings his son and his son has had this spirit his, his whole life. And I can imagine that this father is thinking, why can't my son just be like every other boy? Why, why God, why am I the one that that has to 
has to go chase him down when, when, he decide, when the spirit takes over and tries to, he throws himself into the water and, and throws himself on a fire and I have to be the one to clean up his wounds and I have to change my whole lifestyle because, you know, I mean, my parents won't say it, but there was a lifestyle change with me. Not a big one, I'm pretty independent, but there, there were some things that we had to take into account. So this, this father, he's saying, you know, I, had to, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't live my life like, like every other parent could. And, and when he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, you know, if you believe, and he says, Jesus, I believe, but he says something that's contradictory. He says, but help my unbelief. Jesus, I, I know you can do it, but God, you know, I've lived with this and I've, I've gone to the altar so many times, God, and prayed for it. And I see other people get healed, and I see other people get financial peace, and I see other people get deliverance, but God, I'm still struggling with the same thing that I had yesterday. And bitterness starts to form, and questions starts to form. How do we handle that? How do we handle that? Because what Jesus answered that day was he healed two people. Yes. He healed that boy, yes. but he also healed the father. Because see, the, and, and with the boy, he addressed some things. If you keep reading in Mark chapter nine, it says that he rebuked the foul spirit in uh, Mark nine twenty five. When Jesus saw that the people came running together and he says, he rebuked the foul spirit saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit. But see, the, the father only spoke about the dumb spirit. He didn't speak about the deaf spirit. See, when Jesus comes onto the scene and when Jesus speaks to some things, he'll speak to some things that you don't even realize are in your life. Yes. He could have cast out that dumb spirit, but that son still would have had that deaf spirit. Yes. He still would have had some things. And, and see, we can say, God, why am I dealing with this, with this dumb spirit? And Jesus is saying, well, I don't want to just heal you of one thing. I want to heal you completely. Yes. See, the question you have is, is it shouldn't be God why, but God what? Yes. Because see, you're in, in our limitations, in our limited, limited mind, we're, we're only seeing what's in front of us. Yeah. I, remember, I remember many times coming home crying, and I remember running to my parents and saying, why can't I walk? Why can't I do this? Why, why do I have to go out to the bus yard and learn how to get on the bus and otherwise I'm going to have to be put on a short bus. Why, 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 why do I have to be separated from my brothers because of my disability? And you know what? The older I've gotten, the more I've realized something. I wouldn't trade those crutches for anything. Not that I don't believe God can heal me because I believe that, but I have had more conversations through my inability than I could if I was healed. See, sometimes when we ask questions, I think we're scared that if we ask, God's going to be like, well, why are, you, why are you questioning me? Number one, I want to ask, do we serve a big God? Yeah. Do we serve a mighty God? Yeah. Do we serve an all-powerful God? Yeah. Then guess what? Your questions are not too hard for him. The Bible says, knock and it shall be opened. Ask and it shall be given unto you. See, the reason that we have people that say, well, if God's so good, then why this? Well, have you asked him? Because see, if we don't ask God, then he's not going to ever answer. See, if we have struggles in our life, it's okay to run to God and say, God, I don't understand. 
God, I don't understand why, why I had to go through a divorce. God, I don't understand why, why, I, had to, why I have to come from a broken home. God, I don't understand why, why my brother down the street has a job that pays six figures and I'm only making minimum wage. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not God. I don't understand, but I know that he is able to answer. But guess what? He may not answer in the time frame you like. I'm reminded of that old song, he's an on-time God. And the verse says, you know, you can ask the children of Israel when they get to the Red Sea. And I could just imagine, if if you look at the numbers of the children of Israel, they were not Randolph County. They weren't even Randolph County, Perry County combined. They were in the millions. And you have to imagine millions of people coming to this bank of this mighty sea, and there's an army chasing them, and I can imagine Moses, he's just like scratching his head like going, God, what you gonna do here? I need ya. Otherwise, because they're saying, we'd be better off going back to Egypt, and that comes up many times. We'd be better off going back to Egypt. But you know what? When they get to the sea, there has to be that panic moment. Because it's so amazing, you know, in Mark 9, when, when the man, he, he goes to the disciples first and he says, Jesus, your disciples couldn't cast this demon out. So no wonder this man has a little bit of unbelief because he's already tried. And he's, he's, he's tried with, with guys that have hung out with Jesus, they've ate with Jesus, they've been with Jesus, they've been everywhere with Jesus. They've, they, know, they know Jesus' favorite color, his favorite food, they know everything about him. They're Facebook friends, follow him on Twitter, Instagram, all that. And they can't even do it. And so that's where that unbelief, it's like, when you come to the altar and you pray and you say, another service goes by. Another service goes by and nothing happened. Another, another morning where I got up and I did my daily devotion and I prayed and I sought God. Man, I got touched by him, but nothing happened. And, and there has to be that moment because it makes it, when it happens, it makes it so much sweeter. But let, let, let's answer if God never does it. See, I was, I was 13 years old, so I got the Holy Ghost when I was eight. And... Um, when, when I got the Holy Ghost, from that point on, I thought, ah, now I can be healed. And every service, I would go up to the altar and I'd pray, and I would, I would cry my eyes out. Cry my eyes out. And I would start to speak in tongues. And I'd start to feel the Spirit, and as soon as it did, I'd start saying, okay, God, it's time for you to heal me. And I'd start begging God. And I'd start beating myself up when it didn't happen. And um, it was about two years ago that I actually, uh, at the church in Avon, we had a man that came in, and um, a lovely couple, and they came in, and they were praying, and you know, they, they were new, so I'm assuming this is their first time, I mean, it was their first time at our church, and so I'm, I'm walking around praying for people, and he's praying, he's got his hands lifted, I'm like, great, he's ready. As a minister, you've just got eyes. You're like, if somebody raises their hands, <laughs> yes, he's ready. Let's get him. And this man's got his hands raised and I walk over and it's a, I stop people sometimes. I listen to what they're praying and I stop people sometimes. I say, what, help me pray with you. What God, what do you need from God? Because I think sometimes people can pray without any direction. 
And it's okay to stop people and say, let me help you pray what you're praying for because there's more power in a directed prayer. And so I stopped him and I said, sir, what, what are you praying for? And his wife grabs my arm and she goes, he's an intercessor. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Don't know what I got myself into. And he says, pray that I have more power. And I'm like, great. Now I've really got myself into something. And I'm just like, okay. And I said, all right, I'll help you pray. And I'm like, God, you know, at this point, I don't know what to pray. And I'm like, God, just empower him, Lord. Touch him, Lord. Whatever you've got, Lord. And I'm thinking, Lord, just get me out of this. (laughs) And after I'm done praying, this man grabs my arm and he goes, you're the worship leader at this church. And I said, I mean, I led worship today, yes. And he said, I noticed you came in on crutches. I'm like, great. And he said, why aren't you healed? And I told him, I said, you know, you know, the Bible talks about Paul having a, a thorn in his flesh and basically God telling him, you know, don't let this thorn in your flesh become a thorn in your spirit because if I never heal you, I'm still God. Yes. And this man says, you don't have any faith. Let me encourage you today that if you are going through something and you feel like God has not heard your prayer and you're thinking, man, maybe it's because I don't have any faith, that is not the case. That is not the case. You have no idea who you're gonna impact tomorrow. You have, see God, God has not healed me yet because there have been conversations that I have had through my crutches that I could have never had if I was healed. Yes, I could say, man, God's healed me, let me show you the scars, but there's so much more when I can say, you know what, God's brought me through. God has brought me somewhere. You can live in that encouragement of, why God? Because, guess what? Tomorrow there's gonna be somebody that's gonna walk in and you're gonna be right up their alley. You're gonna connect with their story. You're gonna be right in their midst and you're gonna be able to say, they're gonna say, I don't know why this is going on. You can say, you know what? Let me encourage you a little bit because I've made it through. Not by my mind, not by my power, but by his spirit. Because that's exactly what's going to get you through. When there's questions, you run to God and you say, God, why? And every time you say, God, why? God will bring somebody and you'll say, ha ha, I see it now. See, a question, there's going to be an answer, but it won't come in the time frame you want. I'm reminded when I was 13 at Illinois Youth Convention, Paul Price brought me up on the platform and the night before, I was just crying my eyes out. And he says, this boy was praising God even through all he's going through. And he said, and this boy can't even put his own pants on, which I said, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> my chances of getting any girl's number that week went out the window. <laughs> but, but when he said that, God said, you know you weren't praising me. And that's when God told me, I'm God, and I know everything, and you don't know everything, and you have no idea what I'm going to do. Instead of asking why, we must ask what. And when we're in the valley, see, I'm I'm reminded of the children of Israel, see, we want to live through these highs, but we need those lows. See, I'm reminded of of the book of Exodus because Moses goes up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, comes back down, and the children of Israel are worshiping an idol. And he breaks the Ten Commandments 
But see, he had to go back up and God says, you know what, I'm not gonna create them again. You're gonna have to form them yourself and write them yourself. And you know what, that internalized those 10 commandments a little bit more for Moses. But not only that, Moses had a mountaintop experience with God so that he could come down and minister in the valley. See, we're not made to live on a mountaintop. Your life is going to have bad and it's going to have good. But, uh, you know, Sir Edmund Hillary in 1953 climbed Mount Everest. He didn't live on Mount Everest. You can't. Only certain things grow, but guess what? Farms don't grow on mountains. They grow in the valley. See, you'll have that mountaintop experience to go down into the valley because you're going to need it to get you through the valley to know that when you're in that valley... That valley, it's, 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 a, it's a place you're not comfortable with. You're ready to get back to that mountaintop experience. You're ready for that service that you've, see, there's times where you're just gonna go through times where it's like, man, God, I don't even hear your voice like I heard it so clearly months ago. Man, God, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, even, I don't even feel you sometimes anymore. Why, why can't I be back on the mountain? And God's saying, because in the valley's where I'm gonna grow you. In the valley is where I'm going to shape you. But I need you to hold on to that mountaintop experience. So, Because, see, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It should say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't live there. But see, sometimes we catch ourselves in our, in our infirmity and we say, You know what? I'm just going to live in this valley. And God's saying, No, no, no. It's time for you to come out of the valley. Because, see, I won't understand when I come out, but when I get over. See, when I get over, I'm going to understand. When I look, that song says, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I have a testimony. And what's the word of God says? It says, (laughs) they overcome by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. See, when you have a questioning moment, just think, man, what testimony is this going to form out of me? What testimony is this going to bring out of me? I'm so excited. See, when I go through valleys now, I'm like, God, I'm excited because I'm excited of who I'm going to be able to minister to in the future. And I'm excited of God when I'm going through this growing moment and I don't understand and I don't even see my way out. God, I'm so excited because somewhere I'm going to run into somebody that is so lost and broken. And guess what? I'm strong enough to know you. And I'm going to be able to say, let me grab you and take you to the Savior. Like that father who said, you know what Jesus my son he has a spirit and he has he has an infirmity but let me bring you to Jesus let me take you to somebody that can take care of it why because I've had that question I've had that moment where I don't understand but guess what I know somebody who does see I'm reminded of of the book of Habakkuk and it's a book that we, we we usually don't it's not an exciting book to read the book of Habakkuk starts out really, really sad, and Habakkuk 1 is a godly man, the prophet Habakkuk, and you know, Israel is being overrun by their enemies, and Babylon is rising, and, and Habakkuk goes, God, I see, I see, you know, I see good, good men being destroyed, and I see bad men gaining power, much like the world we're in today, where it's like, God, why, what's happening to the good people? And he's saying, you know what? He's saying, God, I, I pray and you don't even hear me. 
And Israel cries out and you don't even hear them. And he says, God, why, why are bad things happening? Why, why, don't you, why don't you just come down and take care of everything for us? And why, why on earth do, do, I have to, do I have to go through these struggles? And why do I have to see my people destroyed? Habakkuk 1 is a godly man who, he's, he's, it's a whole, uh, chapter 1 is just him just saying, God, are you even God? Because see, that's, that's what it is, is it's ultimately Habakkuk starting to say, God, I'm, I'm frustrated. Are, are you, you're supposed to be all powerful, all knowing, and we, we, we can find our, uh, ourselves in places like that where we start to grow bitter at God and we can start to say, God, I've served you my whole life. Shouldn't I get like a VIP treatment? I've got my rewards members. I've built up the points. God, if anybody should be having an easy time, it should be me, your faithful servant. But we go through a whole chapter and, and, and God doesn't give him an answer for a whole chapter. Why? And it goes back to because God is big enough to handle your questions. If somebody ever says, don't question God, you need to run from that person. Not that you should question God, please don't take me out of context here, but not that you should question God of, well, God, are you even God? But it's okay to ask God, God, why? Not that you're right, but it's okay to ask him that. Take comfort in that, that your God will give you an answer. But we, we have to go all the way to Habakkuk 2 and 3. And we, we read in Habakkuk 2 and 3, it says, he, in, the Lord answer, in verse 2, he says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. See, what that tells me is you're going to have a moment where you're going to look back and say, Ah, it's that light bulb. Now I understand why I went through that. Now I understand why God made me this way. Now I understand why I had to struggle a little bit. See, and I'm, I'm almost coming to a close, but we have those mountaintop experiences, but nothing grows in the mountain. You'll be grown in the trial. I'm reminded of, um, of the story of Jacob where he's wrestling with the angel and he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. But it's so interesting because the angel touches the hollow of uh, Jacob's thigh and basically dislocates his hip. And the Bible speaks of how he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Why did he do that? See, it's so interesting. He asked for a blessing, but before he could be blessed, he was injured. Because trials are made for certain things. If there's a trial, it will ultimately bring you, you have two choices. You, you can get farther away from God or you can let it bring you closer. But Jacob, Jacob was running from his brother. And God says, Jake, basically what God is saying is saying, Jacob, I'll bless you, but I need you to face your past first. Yes. See, I, I know of a family that their son is going through some health issues and, and they, they moved so far out of town that it's been harder for them to get to church. And I was sitting there thinking, when I was studying for this message, it was around the same time, and I'm like, God, why is this happening to this family? And he's saying, just wait. 
And when I went and talked to somebody, they said, yeah, we're, we're trying to move closer to town for a hospital, and it'll make it to where we can go to church more. It's crazy how God works those things out. See, ultimately, Jacob had to face his brother because God can't use you if you haven't dealt with your past. There's some things that you have to deal with first because God's going to say, listen, I'm ready to use you, but are you ready to deal with what's in your past? He's saying, Moses, Moses, you know, it's so funny. The Bible says that Moses was out tending the flock and he saw the burning bush more than once. And then one day he's like, man, I probably need to go check and see this this bush is still burning. Eric Graham's still got a brush fire going. Let's go put it out. But see, he's, he's, and, and see, when he gets there and, and the, the bush speaks and it says, I need you to go back to Egypt, he's like, wait, I killed a guy. And then when I tried to split up another fight, they said, are you going to kill me like you killed the last guy? And see, he's saying, but Moses, you're going to have to face your past. Yes. See, some trials are because you're going to have to face some things. Yes. And when you face those things, guess what? God will bring you out. God will start to answer questions that you never thought you had. He'll start to answer some things that you never thought you could, you, I mean, that's, that's why when he spoke to that young man, that deaf and dumb spirit, he addressed some things. See, when you come to God with your little bit and you say, God, take care of this, he's going to bless you and you're going to take care of more. That's why we have to have questions. That's why we go through trials. That's why things happen. It's not because God's a bad God. It's because he's a good God. See, bad things happen to good people because good people can handle it. See, I would rather go through a trial with my God than I would by myself. I'd rather go through a situation with God saying, God, hold my hand because I need you. I want to walk with you. I'm like Peter where I'm walking on the water and when I start to sink, Jesus, help me. Why? Because I know he'll bring me through. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I'm just thankful for that. Amen. Amen. Well, I did not know how to end this, and it's 1045, but I just, I just came to encourage you today because I, this is something that has been on my heart, and there are people that have questions. I'm, I want us to pray real quick because I feel like that there's just something that God has prepared for this church. But see, somebody in here, you have to come to terms with, God has not forsaken you. God has not forsaken you. God is still a God who loves you. And though you may not hear his voice as clearly as you did, let me encourage you because when you don't hear the voice of God, that means you need to dig deeper. See, when we first come to God, he's standing right next to us and we can hear it. But the stronger we get, he's like, okay, let me see if you'll keep following me. And he just keeps walking farther and farther away. And he just keeps walking. And he wants us to keep walking and keep walking keep walking I wonder if we could all just stand and worship him in this place because I'm just so thankful for such a good God thank you Jesus thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast you can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.